them are more than pals Our show can be a little gay But if you're not, that's okay You can listen and have fun either way Xena, Star Wars, Doctor Who Guests in music and reviews Game of Thrones, why Nona too? She promised this something for you She nerds out We're girls that like girls That like dirty things Hello and welcome to the She Nerds Out podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Wendy. And I'm Tara. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest. We're talking with Missy Good, fanfic writer and episode writer from the Xenoverse. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) So this is a very special guest. She's like a legend in the Xenoverse. Fanfic-verse, Xenoverse. I mean, she's huge. She was a huge part of my Xena fandom, for sure. You know, right up there with the actual show. And, uh... Which I tell her. <laughs> she was a big deal in my life. So I used to be a little nervous around her back well, in the yeah. day. I was nervous around everybody, though. So. <laughs> Not unusual. Sure, because she, you know, she kind of was a, a, a well, one of the most well-known fans, I guess you can say, obviously. But like, yeah, yeah. she was a figure in, in the fandom. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. She's a fan and then got to write for the show. Yeah. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, I, I don't know. Has that ever happened before or since? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't imagine. Research. I feel like maybe, <laughs> but not, I mean, it's not something that usually, I feel like there was some other show I read about that, where they did sort of incorporate fan input to some extent, but I don't know. I mean, her, her story of, and she'll tell it, so I'm not going to tell it now, but just going from like, hey, let's have a fan be a part of this to like a full out writing writer and. You know, it's a big deal. Yeah. But also, I can't remember the name of the episode, but I remember there was a, it's it's an Uber episode and there's a press conference and they peppered in some like actual fan stuff. Like I think one of the, the, the reporter's names was Sharon Delaney <laughs> writing for Woosh. Like I feel like the Whoosh, show was like yes. super, was very much into incorporating what was happening in the fandom onto the show, which is again, like who... Has that has that happened since? ahead of its time? That's yeah. the thing. Zena, the, the the people behind Zena were very. Uh, they knew that if the fans were engaged and not alienate, you know, like by writing or art or any kind of creative outlets celebrating the show, that you know, some places shut that stuff down. It's a copyright thing. Don't be putting this out there. And some embrace it, and the ones that embrace it thrive. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, and Zena, Zena embraced it. So. Even to the point of bringing on a fanfic writer to uh, to the show. Well, so. let's, let's talk to her. Let's mm-hmm. go. All right, guys. This is a very si- exciting interview. And uh, we have a very special guest here. A person who is, uh, which I will get to, partly responsible for possibly be me being here right now. And I will get to that <laughs> later. It is Melissa, a.k.a. Missy Good, from Xena, Days of Fanfic and Writing and Just General all-around legend in the Xena world, Missy Good, and uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. We are so happy to have you here. Uh, we have a segment called Fanfic Foreplay <laughs> that we are going to revisit at, at various times in our podcast. Of course, you you have your hands in a lot more than that, but I do, I'd yeah. say a lot of people know you from, I mean, that's how people got to know you in, in the beginning is from your fan fiction. 
Um, yeah, it's funny because because when I was looking at what the podcasts about, I'm like, well, they could ask me about a whole bunch of this. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. so it'll be interesting to see which one they're going to hit. Well, you know, like I said, if we miss something, you let us know because we don't want to leave any stone unturned. Um, and I kind of like the idea of having a recurring segment with Missy and her dogs. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry about the dogs. No, we yeah, have, a dog we have friendly our own show. Mascot, Ro, who will sometimes start snoring during the show. Yeah, he's no, sleeping right okay, here. Okay. All right, we're, then we're cool. We're good. Yeah, yeah. I can't. We're cool. They, somebody must be walking out in front of the house, and I can't really control that. <laughs> no, trust me. We we always have animal, either him or my cat mittens wheezing. So okay, cool. There's good. always animal interference on this show. This is real life, Missy. Yeah. It's real yeah, life. That, that's actually Lucy, who is oh. uh, who's just who's ferocious. <laughs> Sounds, Sounds like it. Yeah. Makes makes sense. <laughs> she's a she's a chatty one. Um, yes, she so. is. Rose passed out, so we <laughs> he's right now. But um, we've already bored him. So, yeah, like I said, okay, just my personal experiences, how I'm going to delve into this, is I remember, and please correct any of these details, because this was 20 years ago. I yeah, know, right? 20 years ago that I remember. So my memory, Missy, of you, <laughs> is you're writing starting up around 98 or 99, because I remember reading it, and then all these these groups sort of formed around your writing. Like there was a message board that crashed. There was um, people jumping into Xena, partly, you know, the show, a lot of your writings. And it's, it's true. Um, I think, I think one of the unique things about Xena is that the fandom of Xena sort of um, came into being at the same time that general use of the internet came into being. Right. Right. Um, so I think it's true that it's one of the first fandoms that really sort of found its footing in online conversation. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So I wrote a couple of, uh, I, I got involved in writing, um, yeah, probably that was about the right time because I had a little, I, pl- I put up a couple of little short stories which is probably the last time I ever did a short story um, <laughs> on Tom's page. Right. And I don't know if you remember that. I do. And, That's where I found you. Yeah. Tom's and, page. um, and then I decided, well, I'm going to still put it up on Tom's page. I want to go ahead and, and make a website and uh, post the stuff up on there, you know, because then you have control over when it goes up. I mean, you, you folks are doing a podcast. You understand what I'm, what, oh, yeah. what that's yeah. like having control. So I put up an AT&T webpage and, and would post little snippets and stuff like that. And somebody came and asked me, and I think it was over either a labor or Memorial day holiday. And they said, Hey, um, is it possible you'd put a little message board on your website so we can chit chat with each other while we're waiting for the update. <laughs> and I remember looking at this email going, what? <laughs> but then I looked at what they had available and I said, yeah, they have a little message board that you can actually stand up on this webpage. And I said, yeah, I'll go ahead and stand it up for you. And, <laughs> I think that was like, I stood it up on a Sunday night and then the next day was Memorial Day or whatever it was a day off and I had gone out to do something. Um, and then I came back and I looked at the webpage and there was like 1500 messages. Oh, yeah. Like what in the world is going on here? (laughs) Yeah. The people were were ready for that. And I don't remember if that was the one that crashed. And it the, did. Had to move. that's the one that they blew up, right? Because I remember that. After, after I think, I want to say two, three weeks, four weeks, I don't remember how long it survived, but I literally got kicked off the server <gasps> yeah. because Whoa. of overuse. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, huh. what, what, what? Yeah, what that was, that yeah, what's, what is yeah. happening? <laughs> what is happening? What is happening? People what? were finding each other and finding your stories and, and 
it was bizarre. It was something that was very outside my experience because I am a science fiction fan from way back. Mm -hmm. My first books that I read, um, I read out the whole science fiction section of my of my library in North Miami Beach where I grew up and in the library and all the schools that I was at. I mean, that's really where, where I was at. So I, so um, that was unusual in the area that I lived, but I remember going to my first couple of, of science fiction conventions, which were, I mean, those were like, you know, at um, holiday Inn, you know, where yeah. they have like two rooms. My right? first one was <laughs> one of those too. Yeah. But you walk in, right. And you look around, you're like, Oh my God, there's other people yeah. that like this. <laughs> I'm with my people and they're not all a bunch of weirdos. Like I, I remember that. I got or David. Maybe they, are a bunch, yeah. they are a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> but, but in a good okay. way. The same way it's as a, me. It's a very tribal. <laughs> yeah. It's a really tribal feeling. You're like, Oh my God, I'm not alone. No, right? I got an autograph for $5 from Darth Vader, like the real Darth Vader. Now you if, can't get anybody for $5. Yeah. 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 I got David yeah, Prowse autograph for five bucks. You can't even park. No. Five dollars. <laughs> no. Or get a Coke. Get yeah. in the door. No. It's, it's, but you know what? Good. Geekdom is, is first. It, it's a great, it's a great, driving. fantastic thing. But, but you know what I think about what Xena had, has done, especially for gay women. Yeah. They mm-hmm. did, it did that. Hmm. Yeah. It, it made their mark. It gave them a place where that did not exist before. Yeah. You did not have something that was mainstream media where you could walk into a, into a convention center in California, as I know you have many a times and, and yep. I have as well, yep. where there's 700, 800, 900, 1,000, mm-hmm. 2,000, 3,000 people and you walk around and you're like, oh my God, it's my tribe. Well, had you written any other, is Zena the thing that got you to say, you know what, I want to write something? Or had you written things before, even that you didn't put online? Because uh, before uh, this, there wasn't that much online to put it anyway. There so. wasn't that much online no. to put it. I was yeah. I was part of a fandom that was sort of online, offline. It was an Anne McCaffrey fandom from mm-hmm. Dragon Riders of Pern. You were not allowed to post anything online that was that would now we would consider fan fiction because mm-hmm. Anne we did not want that. Oh, okay. She wanted uh con- she wanted to totally be in control of her character. So you were not allowed to post it online, but you got to meet people hmm. that were interested. And so these online groups where formed online and so they would do like like back in the old days when you had that they would actually do zines. They would do written oh, zines yeah. and actually print them. Nice. And so if you had a group that had 15, 20, 30 people, they kick in however much money it take to do that. Uh-huh. And then you distribute it through like the U.S. Postal Service, mm-hmm. you know, it's and like, like, like black market fan fiction, like, like black market. <laughs> well, listen, especially slash fiction, that was oh, black yeah. market from day one. I mean, if you went to science fiction conventions and you went into the dealer's room, there was always this, this whole table in the back that had those white boxes on it. <laughs> and you walked in the boxes and if you needed to find slash scene of any kind wow. at that point, I mean, now there were probably two, 300 different kinds. Now, literally, if you want to find the Pillsbury Doughboy slash fan fiction, wow. you can find it online. Wow. <laughs> yes. This is what you find That's so online. interesting. I mean, that's kind of, that sounds like the origins but, of fan but fiction. You know, yeah. Xena started that because it was in the right place at the right time. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, I think that was the unique part about it is that, is that we, the people that first started doing the writing and connecting and do stuff, we were all technical people and we were all online people. And so it went from Tom's page to something that is, I, I mean, I can't even imagine how many pages Mary D has now, probably a million. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
But really, that started then. Well, you know what? And That's it a good- started. It started because it was that was just at the right place at the right time, and the internet was just becoming a place that was like a national town center. Right, and that's a good point because you are, you know, in in IT, don't you 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 wire or hook up cruise ships is a very yes, like, yeah, no, explaining person. it for for like Wi-Fi on cruise ships. Like you're very technically minded, and that was one of oh, the yeah. questions. Like you have that technical side of your brain, and you have the creative writing side of your brain, but like you say. Internet was so new that it was the people that could handle both. Mm-hmm. They got their work out there <laughs> that knew how to put it online. You knew how to make a message board, which probably a lot of people were just right. trying to get their dial-ups to work and get online <laughs> in the that's, first place. That's why places like Tom's Page were such a blessing for everybody because, th- you know, that was somebody who had taken the time to already figure it out. Hmm. Yeah. Right. So yeah. they made – that was an easy on-ramp. So you could just turn your story over to them and they would post it for you and – uh, you know, here we are now. <laughs> well, you, okay. So you, I remember you said you wrote a couple of short stories. Your first, yeah. you know, was a warrior by any other name. Yeah. That I, Which the is first four lengthy sections. one. Yeah. Well, yeah. lengthy at the time, I guess. That was but, the first. That was that the was very first of first. anything, That was right, the very first put of anything, there. yeah. Hmm. And, yeah. uh, cause I remember we were just talking about it. It was very, very subtle, very subtexty. There was not an overt relationship in that first one. You, you worked not that into, as the stories went on to. And yeah. was was that was that a, a conscious decision? Did you know? Okay, later later on, I'm gonna I'm gonna well remember that the, the only really the only real interaction that I had uh, up till the time where I started writing was what they were presenting to us on screen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so at that point, I think that was just prior to season three. No, the quest was the first episode I ever saw. I remember so that. Remember oh, season, me too. So whatever season that was. <laughs> me yeah. too. Yeah. If memory serves yeah. this because you were like ironing and you can't get, you couldn't get to the TV to turn the channel. So you're like, I'll just watch <laughs> yeah. the Xena thing. And then they I almost was, kissed. And you're was, like, what is this? Oh my God. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. I was painting. I was painting. Oh, painting. I had wrought iron. Painting, I was painting I wrought iron. Well, it was wrought iron. I was painting the wrought iron. I okay, had gloves go. that had paint on them, right? So, because <laughs> right. that's how you paint wrought iron. And it was on. I was like, oh, crap, it's that show. And I was like, wait a minute. What the hell? Um, <laughs> What's happening? Yeah, yeah. So that that was a revelation. So so that kind of is, I think, I saw, found Zena at this time when v- that's folks at Zena were probably looking around going, huh. Hmm. <laughs> What is all this coming I from? Think, yeah, because the quest was right up there. That whole little arc, yes. that's what got me hooked. And it, it was one of those yes. moments where you see a little something and you realize, and you went, this isn't ah. just a show I'm going to like. Right. This is <laughs> something a, a little bit more. Yeah. And, well, uh, and, and the next episode yeah. is A Day in the Life. Yeah. yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, how are you yeah. not going to so, get hooked? So that's how, I got, <laughs> that's how I got introduced to Xena. So that kind of probably informs and that colored how I started writing the stories. And then at some point, I just... Um, you know, it's funny when you write, when you write fan, fan fiction characters is if you do enough of it, the characters sort of like live in your head. Yeah. And they kind of take control and do what they want to do. And, you know, whether that meshes with what the creators wanted or not, sometimes is not really under your control. Is at some point where you <laughs> sort of sticking with the story from the show and then took off on your own direction or were you ever lined up with what was happening on the show? I, you know, I was slightly, but, um, when I was part of the Pern fandom, I actually wrote fiction for that. So mm-hmm. the zines that I was talking about actually have stories that I would write about original mm-hmm. characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have probably somewhere now nah, there, I never, they probably didn't transition here to Kissimmee, but I had notebooks of just stories that I used to write when I was much younger, you know, by hand. 
Mm-hmm. I had these notepads and it's completely <laughs> useless because I am left-handed. My handwriting is impossible to decipher. So I couldn't even tell you what those stories <laughs> oh, were. No. no clue. But, um, but I think that once, once they take root near, you know, for me at least, once the characters took root, they kind of went where they went. And, um, yeah. you know, what they were doing on screen really didn't have much impact on me. Mm-hmm. Um, which is so ironic. And the fact that I actually got to write two of the real ones. <laughs> That's, and we're going to get to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Don't worry about that. Because I remember, yeah, your fanfic just took off and yeah. and became, and like the reason I said that part of the reason I'm here was I think the very, the reason I decided to go to my first Xena convention, because originally I thought, I'm not going to go to Xena convention, get all that wrapped up in it. And then the next right. thing I know, I'm flying off to Santa Monica where I <laughs> yeah, don't know right? anyone. But part of the reason that I, I decided to do that was because being in your fan forum and all the message boards and everything, I could tell there were yeah. so many people going out there that didn't know anybody except for hey. online. So I thought there's a bunch of people that don't know people. I'll just go out Follow. there and do it. Yeah. <laughs> so without that group, without that message board, without reading all these other similar, you know, people yeah. stories, I don't know if I would have gone. Maybe. I people, <laughs> I think people, people sense that there was a community there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which was a big thing. And I remember going to my first convention. Which one was your first convention? <sighs> Trying to rem- I knew you were going to ask me that. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember which one it was because I want to think it maybe was one of the New York ones. Mm. Oh, okay. Like Cherry Hill because or something. Could have been Cherry Hill because I live here on the East Coast, right. so yeah. it could it could have was you know that was a little bit better than flying off to California, which you know I ended up doing as well. well yeah. <laughs> but I remember going and just um, having the people react to me the way they. You're like a little celebrity a writer. <laughs> you showed up. Was bewildering. I had no idea what to do with that. I have a friend who was scared of you because she was I in awe. Just, People <laughs> were actually people actually bumped into me in the, in the elevator and they would be like screaming and I'd be like, yeah. I, I don't understand this. <laughs> this is not really part was not part of my psychology yeah. and I had no idea in the world what to do with that. You know, except for be polite. <laughs> yeah, is, what? <laughs> hey. That's all you, know? you can do. <laughs> Just be polite. Now, you 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 established yourself as a Xena fanfic writer, and I again. Yeah. I don't know the answer to this. Were you the first person to spin off the characters to Uber or just the leak? Because I mean, when Dark and Carrie came out and I've got the hat from Tropical Storm, this is, <laughs> can okay. I ask you a personal question on the back? <laughs> I mean, I was all into the Darn so, Carrie story, but I can't remember if that was the first Uber or just the one that really took off. The first person to spin them off into Uber was Rob Tapper. That oh, oh, and then that started the fanfic writers thinking. That's right. With with Mel and Janice yeah. was the first, yeah. right? So <laughs> so right. everyone has to give Rob his. Prop. That's true. That's <laughs> true. He was the one who started that. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I re- I started writing Darn Carrie because um I think we were between seasons, uh-huh. and I was between stories, and I don't know why I decided to write about my own personal world, mm-hmm. but I did. Um, you know, because obviously the whole technology right. angle of that Florida fiction, technology, uh, Florida <laughs> technology, it was all, it yeah. was all in my wheelhouse. Yeah. And, um, I wanted to feel like I had something to say because, because one of the things, you know, I've, I've worked in technology for a very long time. I started working for EDS in 1994 and that was, uh, my, first uh interaction with a truly large technology company mm-hmm. so they that's obviously the model that ILS is built on um so i started working for them and I, and one of the things that i noticed always regardless of what i was doing um in there is that i was one of the very 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 few female people in the room oh. 
especially back then. Yeah, back then. And so we would have um, technical groups. Um, I worked uh, the the EDS account I worked for was uh, was both System One and Continental Airlines. Um, so the technical assistance group, and it was made. There was maybe 150 people in there, and what they did was they did technical support for lots of travel agents and for Continental Airlines and for you know all sorts of things uh, in the airline industry. And um, I think of the group that was there, maybe four of them were women. And so one of the things I wanted to say with that story was, you know, women can actually do this. Um, it shouldn't be so strange, especially on the infrastructure side, which is on the truly technical side, the cable and wiring and gizmo side. It should not be that rare to find women in those roles. And it still is, hmm. by the way. But but that's one of the things I think that spurred me to start writing that. It's like, you know, really, honestly, people, women, their women have logical brains out there. They can do this. <laughs> they can connect cables and, you know, and fix, fix uh, desktops and do all this stuff. And I'm not really sure why they don't. Um, but I will tell you that even right up to now to, to putting out uh, re- for resumes for, uh, for server engineers and network engineers, I almost never, ever, ever get one from a woman. Hmm. And every time we do, we, we look real hard. It's like, yeah. are they qualified? Can we bring them in just because it's so rare? Wow. Hmm. You'd think there'd be a lot more, but I guess it's still a tough, you know, it's, or get, getting their interest may be tough in that. Well, you know, yeah. it's just, it's a, it's a, I, there, I've been to technical conferences where I've just sat in, in rooms and classes and stuff. And there's just still right as up to this year when I was at Cisco Live, most of the technical conferences that I was in, I was the only woman there. So it's just, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know whether it's just something that doesn't, doesn't spark interest. Um, but it does, it does actually, when I write those stories, that's, that's kind of what is behind is mm-hmm. I always want to present, uh, to the world. The fact that there are lots of competent people out there and they don't all necessarily have to be guys. Well, your stories, I can say they inspired me to move to Florida and find Dar, although I didn't. Because <laughs> Dar was awesome. And I will tell you, at the State Fair of Texas, there's a Daughters of the American Revolution building that we would literally it's go true. to because it was called the yep. Dar House. <laughs> it was awesome. And... Um, because, yeah, the, the stories were fantastic. And I remember when you were published, the first one was published yeah. into a book. And again, I'm I asking, was. were you the first? Uh, you're the first fanfic author whose was. Uber was published. That's I remember I, it was like a really exciting thing to, to know it was going to be published. It was a really big deal. Um, I remember when when they actually, somebody actually made the offer to do it. And I was like, all right, well, let me check on this first. And I, and I went back to Rob and I said, is this okay? And I told him briefly what the, what the stories was about. He goes, I don't think there's any similarity. I said, I said, uh, yes, on the outside there is Rob, but this is where this came from. Yeah. And I don't, you know, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about whether yeah. those characters it's are like or not like. I know where they came from. Mm-hmm. And he's just, Hey, there's only seven original ideas. <laughs> <laughs> So don't worry about it. <laughs> so you mentioned, so I, I had forgotten, I guess, that this was public. So you mentioned asking Rob. So you had already yeah. started writing for the show at this point. I had. Okay. So that's one thing. I remember I remember you posting a vague, like, hey, cross your fingers, can't say why. And yeah. I think it was about that, about if memory serves, this was Rob's idea to bring in a, a fanfic writer to the show. And it was. You it were was asked to submit she- some samples. Well, actually, it was after season five, mm-hmm. um, and everybody was just really upset, I guess, with some of the storylines that were going on during there. I remember season five was a little rough. Like, they had these yeah. guys come in that are now very successful. 
Exactly. And, and so I guess what they wanted was they wanted to get a fan involved. Mm-hmm. And I'm using that word deliberately involved in an right. episode to side, try to sort of, it's sort of like an olive branch. Right. To this, like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we want to work with you. They Just, didn't expect yeah, it to go so well, did it? Did they? they, they <laughs> uh, well, I certainly didn't. Um, so actually it was, uh, Steve Sears. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob had been talking to Steve and I knew Steve because, um, Steve used to come to Dragon Con. And if you remember for a couple of years there for the Xena track, I ran that track. I do remember. I remember going during those years. Yep. And all the posters being stolen from the wall three times. That I don't remember, but (laughs) it wasn't Wendy. um, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. No, no. Yeah. So yeah, we had these blow up posters that we'd gotten signed and trust me, they just, I had one set that I had to have signed three times because they got stolen, which is, I mean, Hey, props to everyone love them, but Mm. That's really embarrassing after you ask the same people to sign these things three times. <laughs> Let me just put it that yes. way. So Steve was a guest there. So I'd gotten to know him in person. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I guess when he'd been talking to Rob and Rob said, do you know anybody in the fandom? Cause he knew that Steve of all the people within his group was the closest to the fans. He's the one that went to the conventions. Right. He's the one at the, at the big creation conventions who would sit outside and talk to people you know, he was the most approachable of the writers and the, and the production people. Um, and because that's just how Steve is. Mm-hmm. And so I guess he was talking because we, he knew me in real life. I, he suggested me to Rob. And I think he had all, was aware of, of my writing and he was aware of my website and he probably sent Rob to my website for that. But also, um, I think he knew me as a person and, and I think he, felt that if he suggested me that at least it wasn't going to turn into an axe murderer sort of situation. Right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, you, you had maturity in the, the, you weren't a, yeah, you, you're someone who could handle something like this coming into your life where there's some yes. that might not could have, but you, you were, had the mature personality, not mature may not be the professional, word. <laughs> professional. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. You had it the is. professionalism that you mm-hmm. could take something like this, be excited about it, but not be a lunatic. It is. And, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't going to be, you know, they were going to turn it into having to call, right. you know, the police or, you know, <laughs> yeah. put a restraining order. You know, he had a, a confidence that that would, that would truly be the case. Um, and so, yeah, so, so he popped me, he popped me on AOL. Um, and Steve, he said, Steven did. Steve did. Okay. And he said, uh, Hey, and I said, Hey, and he said, um, how'd you like to write a Xena episode? <laughs> I remember looking at my screen going, what? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he said, well, they're looking for someone to get involved with a script. And uh, I thought maybe you'd like the opportunity to do that. And I kind of suggested that to them. And I said, oh, well, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Sure. I'd love to be involved. And it really was, um, so many people that I've talked to have said, you know, did you think about it? I'm like, no, I, I, I really didn't think about it at all. I mean, when he asked me, uh, you know, it wasn't even like, wow, let me, let me sit and think about this for a couple hours before <laughs> I answer it. Um, it really wasn't. I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds like it would be fun. Um, kind of, kind of thing. Um, and I think, I probably didn't realize that it was going to be the opportunity that it was. Yeah. I figured that it was going to be, okay, I was going to go and talk to them 
and maybe we would talk about story ideas and maybe, you know, uh, that kind of conversation would be had. And then someone who actually knew what they were doing would go off and, <laughs> and get this thing taken care of because, because I knew enough about television production to where that that's an extremely expensive proposition and yeah. you don't really kind of just let people, um, you know, you don't pick people off the street and just have them sort of run amok with it. That's, they're like a million dollars an episode. So that's a lot of money and it's a business. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really. Exp- I guess I. I guess I treated it very lightly because I didn't figure it was going to be what it turned out to be. Well, I'm sure they didn't expect that either. Because <laughs> they had no. to write like a treatment. Was that the next step? Like you got like a breakdown of an episode, no, well, or what? Actually, we did was we had a phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, first, Rob talked to me for a couple of minutes, and then he set up a call um, for uh, me to talk to the rest of the writers. And I think that it was just, they were just sort of, they were nervous and I had no idea what to do or say or expect. <laughs> and, um, they just sort of said, okay. Said, I think it was Rob. No, it was one of the other writers sort of said, okay. So we got this, um, we got this, this script we need to write. Uh, what kind of story did you have in mind? Right. And I can feel, I could feel them through the phone. Like, no kidding, girding their loins, waiting to hear what I was going to say, because, because you know, yeah. what, you know what the expectation was. Yeah. Here you have, you have a, you have a slash oriented uh-huh. person off the internet that they brought into this process. Okay. Yeah. They all probably wanted to beat Rob to death. Yeah. Um, to do this. And I said, well, I said, it's your money. So <laughs> what kind of story do you need to write? That probably impressed them right off yeah. the bat. <laughs> you could, you could, I could hear the, <sighs> sort of. In the, and then we just started the conversation. Well, you know, we have the story that we're doing in, in, uh, it was who, who's Gurkhan was, was a story before that that's already going to be in, in the desert. Do you think we could come up with a story that, that kind of feeds off of the whole desert motif? And we went back and forth, um, for that. And then I did, they sent me a whole lot of examples of what a beat sheet and, and mm-hmm. the story structure and the script structure look like. Um, so then I turned in a beat sheet, what I thought would be a beat sheet for what eventually became Legacy. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember because I was at work when Rob called me. I was actually behind the supervisor's desk. We were having a, a horrific outage um, at System 1. Actually, Amadeus, now it is. Um, so I was behind the desk and my phone rang and I didn't look before I answered it. I'm like, yep. And I said, hi, this is, this is, this is, this is Melissa, technical operations desk. What can mm-hmm. I do for you? He's like, hi, I'm busy. <laughs> oh. Hi. And he's like, can I say something? And I said, what? He goes, thank you for not making me look like an asshole. I, I remember that. <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> So, um, there was enough there. I mean, that was, that had, you know, we eventually shaped it and there's a lot of other things that came out of that, but that really is kind of how that, that whole process started. And for me, it was really kind of a delightful process because it was so outside my box. You know, it wasn't something that I had ever, uh, either aspired or imagined Mm -hmm. to ever get to do, to get to, to, you know, talk to these people and, and get to see the inside of this process the way that I did. So, um, so I was super, I was super happy. Just, I didn't, every time I got to a different step in the process, I said, okay, so now they're going to have someone else take it over, <laughs> you know? Okay. I turned in this. Now they're going to give it to a real writer or, okay, they let me do the first, uh, script, the, the, the first draft. And, you know, now they're going to say, thank you. And they'll let someone else take it over. And then I guess, I think third draft was, was the final draft and what they actually shot from. And that, was that amazed also, me. Right? 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that amazed me that they actually would allow me to go through this whole process. Mm. Um, and they did. And then, um, I guess I turned it in. Okay. Job well done (laughs) that we're done. And the next thing I had to do was I had to, uh, talk about going to Dragon Con, right? Okay. So we're going to Dragon Con. We had, uh, Alexander Tidings that year, uh, in the, in the track and a couple other people actually, man. And Carl was even Carl Urban was there. And I know Steve was there and there was a couple people in the track. And I'm literally on my way driving to the airport to go to Dragon Con. And I had sent Rob a note saying, hey, if I get my act together after the Dragon Con, can I come and see you film a little bit of this? Because that would really be amazing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they caught. Oh, they they called me on the way to the uh, on the way to the airport. They're like, "Hey," and I said, "Hey," and he said, "Um, uh, yeah, sure. If you want to come out to New Zealand, of course you can come see some of the stuff. We were kind of hoping you'd stay there because we're going to give you another script." <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> so, if anybody was at that Dragon Con, they will remember uh, and was in Alexandra's um, session. She was on there and I was sitting at the table behind her working on my laptop, working on the actual beat sheet for mm. what became the first episode of season six. Yeah. They gave you the and first I, episode of that season. That's they a big did. deal. It's a big and, deal. And I, and I remember her saying at one point, she goes, well, I don't know. I've never met any of the writers. And everybody in the room knew at that point, looked at me and I'm looking at my screen, looking at her and everybody's <laughs> laughing and poor Alexandra's out there going... I don't know what's going on here, but okay. <laughs> There's one behind you. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. So it was a, it's a, um, it was a fantastic experience. Um, that was, they could not have treated me more graciously, considering I am sure that probably the large percentage of the folks that were involved probably thought it was not a good idea. <laughs> but they were proven wrong, obviously. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I remember too. You talking about being out there, and you even were rewriting at least one scene on the set, didn't you? Correct. They, they had to While change something, there. maybe set a, a plot line or a dialogue, and and they were you're they just did. sitting there, and I was writing it on the spot. <laughs> Why and, not? Yeah, yeah, you were there. That was a great. You know, the 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 New Zealand operation was fantastic. I mean, just mm-hmm. a, what a bunch of really nice and professional people, and oh, yeah. you know, we we were blessed in the fandom in having folks like Lucy and Renee, who were just true original, just down to earth, fantastic people. Yeah. Um. You know, you don't. That that's kind of a crapshoot, just like any other human being, and you don't often get that lucky. But we did. Yeah, they're they're in a large way responsible for for how this continued by their willingness to come to conventions. Just they're being good people, you know. They yeah. didn't, you didn't have the main talent being someone that you just couldn't stand, but you had to tolerate yeah. them to like a show. Hmm. Um, I mean, there really was what you see is what you got. Yeah, you know. I mean, with them, even even um, with the the kind of unpleasantness there was at the end of the series which mm. I, I know that you all remember as well oh really um, no memory <laughs> yeah um, well you ended up that season you wrote the two episodes coming home and legacy and didn't you I did consult from time to time you wrote a couple more right that just never got made I know scripts get written all the time that just for whatever reason don't make it into I did. actual production but so you wrote a couple more and you consulted on a few like you and Robert seemed to hit it off 
We know? did. Yeah. Um, and I think also because he loves those characters like his family, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and every, they were kind of winding the series down. So everybody was going off and doing other things. And so, um, I think that was a little tough for him and it was really nice for him to have somebody, um, who could, he could just sort of bounce stuff off of, mm-hmm. you know, who loved the characters as much as he did. Right. Right. And who you had know, the, so, and I think you also came into it with the fact that you watched the first five seasons as a fan. You weren't immersed in the process. You could watch, you came in right. with the perspective of someone who totally saw this from the outside. And it's, it's funny because, because it, when we were talking, I would always have like kind of three different things in my head that I was sort of answering questions with. One of which was from the perspective of a fan. Mm-hmm. You know, how did I feel about something from the perspective of a fan of the show? And then there was the person who actually has these characters living in their head because, of course, I'm writing them um, as stories of my own. And that you get a possessiveness about the characters when you do that, that uh, whether fans of the show or professional writers don't have because, you know, you can do whatever you want with them. Um, And then, of course, there was this perspective that I had gained by working with the team and working with staff and getting an understanding of the business side of television. So it was – um, it was a really, really interesting time, and I was just—I always considered it a huge honor that I was able to give input, mm-hmm. you know, on any of that type of thing. And, and yes, yeah, so I got to write uh, with Rob the Sappho story. Yeah, and then, which talk, was let's talk about that, which we <laughs> saw, we fun. saw, and I to this day, my sister's room is a legend in the Xena yep. history, and that was that was yep. fun. That was seeing it was basically a musical that was that was going to be on Xena that didn't work out, but. Uh, they couldn't. It was they performed. Couldn't. They they couldn't. They uh they had a there was a rights issue with right. the music and then everyone to just to be honest was just exhausted. I, I um, that sounded. Ep- yeah. I mean, just from what we saw on stage at Dragon Con at my sister's room, yeah. I think that would have been quite. And it, weren't they? They were like playing doubles of themselves. It was going to be twice yep. as much work for them. Uh, yeah. Oh my god, it would have been horrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but at least we got to see it. We got to see it performed on a, a stage version, and I think someone put out a little CD of the songs, and it was like a lot they of disco themed musical, and it would have been amazing. Wow, they but, did, and we yeah. we were featured with Denise in her yep. singing, oh which my gosh, was enormously was fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, I I coerced her into doing that, and um, <laughs> and that was you know it was an awful it was an awful lot of fun. That was probably the most fun to do, yeah, because it was the one that was literally the most out of the box in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just it would have been hilarious to tax if they'd actually done it, yeah. But it was almost more fun that they didn't. <laughs> Well, I'll never forget the version I saw. And most of the videos you see for people who recorded it, they're very shaky because everybody was yeah, dancing and shaking and laughing. But at least it's out there. It exists. That was a that was a night of nights. It's out but, there. Uh, yeah. yeah. That was a lot of fun. That was fun. That was fun. But yeah, so it That was it, an ex- that was an exhausting day though. Oh, I'm that was sure. a, we were that was at Dragon Con, yeah. wasn't it? I was yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was one of those things where I was there all day long setting up the 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 um, the track and getting them sorted out. And I was so exhausted by the time they were doing the show that I was just like, I literally don't remember any of it. <laughs> I was that tired. A lot of people don't, but not for that reason. <laughs> no, that's also what I heard. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, imbibing, being in, you know, it was a, yeah. it was a night. Um, yeah, but it but was, no, they were uh, they were great. Pe- they were really uh, it, they were really um, just. Uh, it was a, um, I will remember that all my life, just yeah. being able oh, to get too. to do yeah. that yeah. Um, and be glad that I got to do that. 
Well, it was, you know, as fans, just the fact that they had the idea to bring someone in and that it was you was was huge. Um, and it it, did, if it helped us feel like a part of season six. And definitely, you know, like you well, said, with and the- that's exactly what they wanted to do. Yeah. Um, now, of course, the fandom being that it was, it wasn't exactly the, you know, I mean, there was some contention about that. Well, there always is. Um, <laughs> I know. Well, but I know some people, you know, there are people that felt that they're there are many other people who are more qualified than I was to have actually been able to write an episode. And that never disturbed me. <laughs> to be honest with you. Good. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I had someone once asked me, they're like, well, did you ever consider maybe turning it down and, and suggesting someone else? And I said, <laughs> okay, find me a person who would have done that. <laughs> That's right. the stupidest no. question <laughs> I've ever heard. Um, oh, wow. No, it never, it, honestly, yeah. honestly, it, it just it never did because because this was an opportunity I got to do, and I was like, wow, this is going to be a really right. cool moment in my life that 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 is going to be something that most people don't get to do, and you know, like diving or anything else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not. There isn't. I never. I never once in the whole process felt intimidated or guilty or, or no, what good. is the, what is the thing that people feel like they feel like they're frauds and that kind of stuff. Like <laughs> I never, when I was doing that, I was just every moment we were going forward that they, every, every step they let me take in there was, I loved good. doing good. Awesome. it was great. I'm glad it was a good experience. Cause that's, I think, and I think there were a lot awesome. of people writing wise. I think there were a lot of people yeah. that could probably have written a good episode. But there's oh, absolutely. so much else that goes into it, mm-hmm. like you said, yeah. like knowing how to handle like the, the other side of it, the technical side, the just getting, navigating the people side and the right, right. you know, yeah. there's Working so much well with that others. they, you know, other people might not have been able to handle as well. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think that that worked out. Yeah, you could um, say that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, have, have there since Xena have has there been any other show or characters that that you thought, you know, I like the show or these characters that that have inspired you to write or is Xena like the thing that got you writing for them and because I know it. you're still writing, right? You're still writing oh, the yeah. which which stories are you still writing? Cuz you've got Xena and Gabby. I actually got, write all of them. So, all, all so the, I'm still writing Xena stories. Nice. Still writing Darren Carey stories and then um I did a Xena the Merciless, which mm-hmm. was kind of like a conqueror type story, right. but it couldn't be conqueror because that's just not the way my brain works. <laughs> but I promised, I promised Maribel Pelotto, yes. lunacy, yes. that I would write one, and so I had to. <laughs> so, um, and then I just now started. A, well, not just now, but several years. This last several years, I started doing a science fiction one. That's the Jess and Dev, right? Yep. 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 So you're still keeping all four, and and that's like, yeah, nothing else has piqued your creative. Really has But you know what? Um, I don't typically, I don't now, and I didn't then typically watch television, mm-hmm. like commercial television. Xena was an exception. That was good timing. I don't, like for now, <laughs> I mostly watch podcasts and technical shows, mm. and that's that's my entertainment most of the time. Mm. I don't actually watch broadcast television. So mm. that was just one of those kind of freak sort of things um, that happened. Sometimes freak so, kind yeah. of things aren't freak kind of things. Yeah, they're they, just meant no, to happen. The universe, <laughs> so the universe just, yeah. in. right place and right yeah. time, and 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 that is what it is. Fate. Now you have how many published books do you have at this point? I was looking. It looked like seventeen, eighteen published. Something like something like that. A lot, <laughs> a lot. Obviously, yeah. none of the Xena. Yeah, because all the no, not none of the Xena. I have all the Darren Carey ones and um, two of and the Jess and Dev. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And then you also have your website. Merwolf, I have my website, merwolf.com, which is, which has survived. But I also <laughs> host that same server hosts Academy of Bards. Okay. I'm, I'm actually the, uh, the home for, for that oh. website also. And that's sort of like, I, that is run by the Academy of Bards. I don't, I don't have anything to do with the administration of it, but, but I host it. And that's sort of, um, something I feel that's important because mm-hmm. it gives a voice to everyone who wants to still write stories well, and it's a place for them to put them. Now, I mean, you have that whole archive of their own place mm-hmm. that I, I'm sure you've seen that there's fanfic for like every bazillion shows that you could imagine there being yep. stories for. And I, I have not looked at the Xena on that site. I'm sure there's quite a bit, but um, did you ever, or do you, or did you ever read other people's fanfic or were you just too? Cause you write a lot. <laughs> like you were very, uh, prolific i guess is the word so i you know we talked to someone else who like they basically read so much fan fiction and they they have a podcast on on like winona or fan fiction and just all the reading they do but you do so much writing like that it seems like that would confuse your you're not confused, it does but you, <laughs> it you, does honestly you've got yeah, too many stories to keep up with on your own <laughs> i don't i don't read fanfic um mm-hmm. i don't for a couple of reasons number one especially not xena fanfic is because i i just feel like there's a you don't ever want to be in a place where you have an idea for a mm. character and then it sort of sounds a little bit familiar and like, did I read that in someone right. else's fan? Mm. I never mm. want to, I never really want to be in that place. Which is why show, you know? show runners of shows can't read, you know, they correct. can't look at all this because that's correct. They can just be but clean. also I don't, because when I, I do read quite a lot, I read uh, mystery novels and I read, um, you know, science fiction novels and, all kinds of things of that. They're just not what I write, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not, I, I'd stay away from the areas that I actually go in and write on. And fortunately, especially at least in dark characters, there really is nothing else. I mean, I'm, I'm no danger of finding any of that anywhere because God knows who wants to write (laughs) about nerds. Uh, (laughs) You've cornered the market on hot female nerds. (laughs) Even, even, even if they live in Florida, it doesn't matter. Well, it's a niche in the, in the world of Xena. I mean, there's yeah. always, it's a reboot society. Mm. Do you think we need one? Ugh. Do you think it would be good? I mean, I know obviously you know, a lot of fans I, are like, we got to have it on, but to bring okay. it back. But I mean, is it I, something like, should we leave well enough alone? Here's, here's what I truly believe. I think that Xena was successful because of the time and place that it came to be. Mm-hmm. I think it gave a voice to people that had not had a voice since to then. It broke a lot of social norms. It broke a lot of rules. And I think since then, because it did that, other sh- shows such as Buffy, such as Vampire Diaries, just, now it is commonplace right. to do the sort of things that Xena was doing. So in that respect, do we need a reboot? I would say no. I don't think that you could successfully do that again with the same property. Could they reboot Xena to make it an entertaining television? Yeah. Will they be able to satisfy the fandom? Never. No. Well, I the only thing I could see is if you did a very fan pleasing wrap up no. two hours. That <laughs> that's that is what actually the comment that I when I've been asked that by some other folks. It was like the only way they could ever get the fan that that fandom in dies is they have to roll back what they did with the end of Xena. Right. Right. They have to close that. Right. It, there has to be closure to that or you can't, they, it, people can't let it go. 
Even right now, if, even when, when they were talking about a reboot and they had bring people on, mm-hmm. you saw it come immediately come up on online and, and people sending just just pages and pages and pages of how they still hurt every time yeah. they think about that. Hmm. In fact, Mary was just saying it on Twitter the other the other night. She's like, you know, she goes, I think about, you know, this thing that happened 18 years ago. And every time I think about it, I get sick all over again. Wow. And it's true. Yeah. You know, that was such a moment that people cannot let that go. So so in order for them to actually if they wanted to entice that same group of people that were passionate fans of the show, they would they would need to provide closure for that. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how you would easily do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That Which is, is probably I mean, you, why you they can't, haven't done it yet part of the reason. You can't do I mean you can't do like a 2-hour, you know, movie because to make everybody feel good so you can go and do another 2-hour movie. I mean that yeah. you mm-hmm. know the financial aspects of television you you can't do that. That's mm-hmm. just not possible. So um, it's a difficult conversation. I mm-hmm. think that they will eventually maybe do a reboot of Xena because it's a valuable property. Yeah. Um, hopefully it'll be far enough down the line to where maybe we'll, our, we'll all be dead. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be gone. No memory of They can catch a new, a new set of fans yeah. that don't have all that baggage. Is that... Is that yeah. horrible to say? But no. uh, it's an honest answer. Yeah. yeah. Here's another I, one last. Uh, yeah. Aren't you glad? Are you glad Twitter did not exist in the days of Xena? Because it's like, I mean, we had our message, our cute little message boards, but there was no Twitter and the very I, vicious social media well, you have today. Well, are you forgetting the net forum? I don't think I was on there a whole lot. I know there was some nasty stuff. Okay, I guess it so was still was I. there. <laughs> I don't remember being exposed. I remember a lot of, up, I mean, with the finale, I remember a lot of upset people. And I know there was a lot of divisiveness as far as what they were to each other. And I mean, there was, I mean. There was a yeah. lot of stuff on there. But I think that if you, I think you could, if you wanted to. You could have just not engaged. Mm, I'm pretty on there. sure that's I know. What I, I know. I didn't <laughs> engage. Yeah, I, that's really one of the reasons that I created the mailing list that I have, and that mailing list has one rule, and it's be nice. Mm. Um, and it still goes and, today. It's still and on. Still there, and it's still the rules. And there's still only probably one topic that's banned on there, and because people have. Yeah. So much passion about that last episode of Xena mm-hmm. that that's the one thing that I don't want to allow people to talk about because mm-hmm. it gets everybody wound up so quickly yeah. and so so angrily that it's just it's exhausting yeah. and so we don't talk about that. But um, mm-hmm. I think that if you want to ignore stuff like that to happen, I think you have to make that mental decision that you're not going to. I never really got what the whole point was about. Um, flame wars and, and, and hate online. I don't understand it myself. Yeah. It is, all of that hate is exhausting. Why would you waste all of your en- energy, your personal emotional energy on something like that? It yeah. makes no logical sense to me mm-hmm. whatsoever. It, I just don't get it. So, you know, yeah. hopefully, you know, but, but Javi, who was the, who's the writer who's doing a reboot, was immediately subjected to it as yeah. soon as that became public notice. I mean, you saw it on, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally. I mean, even with, even with folks, even minded folks like me and Mary Diggins, I was like, hey guys, you know, 
like they haven't even started writing the script. Yeah. Why not you get, give them a chance? Like, let's see what comes yeah. out of this. Kind of thing. No. A lot of people think it doesn't, doesn't play a big part in all that. And, you know, now there's so many writers and showrunners and actors. There's so many people actually involved in the process of making a show that they're, yes. they're exposed to things like that in a way that they just, you know, they probably weren't on the nut forum and maybe some of them were kind of lurking around, but they it's, were, I mean, they, they knew about it because yeah. I think Steve made an effort to, to put his fingers um, on the touch points of the fandom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he made an effort to understand the mentality that was out there. Um, so they were aware of it, but not like, not like today. Not, yeah. I mean, you know, th- this is a different world we're in today. Yeah. <laughs> It is. It is. To be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's been a complete joy. If if anyone has any uh, follow-up questions, let me know. We have taken a a good bit of Missy's time. And you know what? Here's the important thing. There are a lot of people who have come into Xena late. Mm -hmm. And even later than than Tara over here. We we went out to the uh, the Xenite retreat this year, and and there's just so many. There were so many first-timers, so many new faces. A lot of people that just don't know all this. They don't know the history of how it all came to be. But it is so awesome that it is. That there's something that that character still speaks to these people and draws people in and, and, and lights up something inside them that 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 they still find that out there. That is awesome. Yeah. No, it is it's Zena's not going to, Zena's Pop Funko just came out and if that doesn't <laughs> say she's still relevant, I don't know what does. I I ordered one. I did too. Me too. Hey, someone we know already got one at a what? store. What? Like a physical oh, store. Even really? Amazon okay. has pushed back the delivery. She already has it in her hands. Wow. So. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm upset then because my <laughs> delivery date isn't until November. Yeah, mine yeah, too. Mine too. I think she found it like GameStop or Hot Topic or something. I think they even pushed yeah. it, didn't it? Wasn't that it? character that character still speaks to people above yeah. along, you know, through the through through all the ages. Through yeah. I mean, there's something about that whole kick ass sort of um character motif that really touches people. And it's fantastic. Yeah. I think you know, I'm seeing if I can actually go what do they got, the twenty fifth year thing? Next August, up? yeah. Negatives. I'm gonna make an effort to try to go out to that one. Just, just to see people. Come on, we too. I live here now, so it's easy. But just to see people. Yeah, Yeah. just to see those old (laughs) gang of crazy fans that (laughs) sat out in the lobby, and that was that was you know, and towards the end of the Xena convention days, that's a lot of why you went. We'd all seen all the actors, we'd gotten all the autographs, we'd heard the same stories. For the the last three ones, I never even went into the hall. (laughs) I barely did. Yeah. I mostly sat out in the lobby and talked to people and, you yep. know, talked to crap people and went and had lunch with people. And it's just, you know, it's enormous. It's, it's almost a relief to everyone to look around and say, you know, there's a lot of people that, um, that see what I see mm-hmm. in these characters. And, um, I think it's an, it's important that that voice be heard, especially now because it's been a little crunchy lately. <laughs> Her courage would change the world. <laughs> it did for all of us. Yeah. That's why we're all here. It but, did. Um, well, thank you so much. And we hope to see you next year because we'll be there. And um, yeah, so anybody listening who maybe did not know the incredible history of Missy Good and her writing, and you can get your, your all your, your stories are on it. Uh, and there's like tons, large stories, short stories. Uh, Dive in from no the beginning. Stories. It'll take you a good long while to get through all of it because there's a lot of, lot of stories that are amazing. Missy, of course, was my favorite fanfic writer. Um, <laughs> but... Um, and you're also published. You can buy your books online at, you know, various, you know, you have to look up where, I don't know where all Amazon, you know, where, <laughs> sure, where books are in existence these days, but, um, and we'll post links to, to things on our, 
social sites. But um, well, thanks, guys. Thank thanks you for so taking the much. time to chit chat. And and we look forward to hopefully seeing you in uh, just under a year. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a make the effort to try to get out there. I was I was gonna actually go to the um, the Zena retreat last year, but um, I had to have an organ removed, oh. Oh, so I couldn't fly. <laughs> That's a good excuse. <laughs> excuses, excuses. Yeah. Yeah, Organs. Yeah. <laughs> Are you thinking about going this this next year, or are you just holding out for? Right now, I have a schedule conflict with ah. something else that's going on, and I'm waiting to see if that's going to clear. So I'm going to try because it right. sounds like an awful lot it's, of fun. It's front. We went out for the day and, yeah. and talked to Stephen and some people. And it oh, was, awesome! Yeah, it was. It was. It. Penny knows what she's doing. Well done. It's okay. very well yeah. done. That's, no, that's. <laughs> so. what, I, I was talking to Lynn Chris about it, and she just is a big. Oh, fan she of loves it. it. And yeah. uh, <laughs> and uh, so I. Yeah, so it's definitely something that I want to do, it's, and it's actually something that I came close to doing the last two years, but it just the the timing, this stuff happened that I couldn't. Yeah. Well, hopefully, one of these years it will work out. So, <laughs> all right, Missy, thank you so much. Thank you, Missy. We'll okay, see you around online, and uh, thank you for spending your time with us. Yep. No worries. <laughs> Thanks. Right. Okay. Bye bye. Well, that was a good interview. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. Well done, Wendy. Well, you know, it came from, I was a fan. I'm still a fan. I mean, Missy is so talented and, and just a huge, like I said, a huge part of my involvement with Zena. And it's cool to have gotten to know her a little bit over the years and, you know, be able to talk to her and how she still writes. And and um, I hope I hope we get to see her next year because we get to catch up. I, I saw her about a year and a half ago and it was good to see her again. And um hmm. So I keep up with her for mutual friends from time to time. Mm -hmm. It's good to chat with her. Maybe we'll get to talk to her again if we do our podcast from the convention. She's there. Live and in person. Throwing it out there to the universe. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Universe works in mysterious ways. (laughs) And no, it's just so interesting to hear how that whole process happened. Of her becoming a writer on the show and how uh, every step of the way she was expecting them to be like, okay, thanks for your work. Right. <laughs> and then she just, you know, progressed and progressed and her name is on the episode. Yeah. It's her, her, uh-huh. her, two of her scripts. Amazing. Like, yeah. Good job. Uh, here's another one. <laughs> Write another one. Yeah. So <laughs> it says a lot about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She's so. great. Great. So we'll put some of her links up yes. on our social media. Yes. On the Facebook at She Nerds Out Podcast and Instagram at She Nerds Out Podcast. And uh, what's our email, Kat? Oh, it's uh, she nerds out at gmail.com. All right. Now we got that covered. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, definitely go check it out. Yes. If you've ever been interested in Xena fanfic, if you're new to it and you've yet to stumble across her stories, you should stumble across her stories. Or because if it's been a while, go look. And you can reread it. Yes. And I have been. And she captures those characters so well. Mm-hmm. And it uh, it's very, it's. Uh, it was nice to be back with them. Yeah. You know, it's been a while since I've read uh, Xena fanfic, but it was nice. She's, her stuff is just really good. And yeah. She's still updating it. She's still writing it. So amazing. All right. Yeah. Well, again, thanks, Missy. And until next time, She, she Nerds out. out. She Nerds Out. We're girls that like girls that like dirty 